We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. What a moment for Cody Decker. Cody Decker. I am a Hall of Fame baseball person. I am a part of the Southern California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Former Major League. Decker has not his first Major League hit, but his first RBI. Star of Team Israel at the World Baseball Classic. Cody Decker. And it's a 1-0 lead for Israel. How about this leaflet? Famous Jewish sports legends. Host of Odyssey Sports Big Time Baseball Podcast. It's just a matter of taking what the game is right in front of you and adjusting to the game rather than expecting the game to adjust to you. Host of BetMGM's MLB Podcast, powered by BetQL. I played with about 15 different Aussies, every one of them crazier than the last one. Let's not judge me by the rest of the Australians that you've met. Host of Down the Line presented by Circa Resort and Casino. There is one person on Twitch, they really... Really want to know what your favorite fruit is for me it's pears but what do you got oh my god it's funny you say pears lucas g Lito's favorite fruit is pear lucas we are pear friends that is a fact cody decker he's one of those guys that if somebody says you can't do it he's gonna prove you wrong cody decker with parkinson spiegel on 670 the score It's the most wonderful time of the year. That's right. It is opening day of Major League Baseball, and we got so much to cover today for the next two hours. This is a show that does not have a title. You just got me, Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio, here with you for the next two hours here live on 670 The Score. And if you aren't listening on 670 The Score, hopefully you're listening on the Odyssey app, wherever you are. Guys, we got so much to do today. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the Bulls. Of course, we got to talk a little bit about the Bears. We got an NFL draft coming up pretty good, and I'm looking forward to having Hub Arkush on later on to talk a little bit about the NFL draft, NFL Insider, and of course Rick Camp joining us later. He's the executive producer of Birdstein Rahimi, but also on top of that, Bulls Insider, and of course Evan Altman joining us in the next segment to talk a little bit about your undefeated Chicago Cubs. I, I, right now, the best team in Major League Baseball. Your Chicago Cubs. Prove me wrong. Want to know? Prove me wrong. What a game today. If you guys weren't listening live right here on 670 The Score, hopefully you're watching on MLB Network the way I was. My goodness, what a game. Kyle Hendricks. Wow. I told everybody. Now, this is not an episode of Down the Line with Cody Decker, which, of course, is starting up next week. Make sure you tune in for that. But listen. I told everybody on every show I could on the BetQL network, on BetMGM, you you name it, on MLB Network, on Better's Eye. I was saying, my God, Corbin Burns, obviously I'm going to take the strikeout over. Well, I guess I should have been thinking that for Kyle Hendricks. I knew it was going to be an interesting weather day. 
I knew the wind was going to be blowing. I wasn't expecting a high-scoring game. Kyle Hendricks, I always hated this phrase. I always hate the phrase, and I said this many, many times, pitch to contact. He doesn't pitch to contact. He just pitches in a certain way. And when I say in a certain way, I mean the guy sits around 90 miles per hour because he pitches off his off-speed stuff, specifically his changeup. Watching him pitch today, man, he looked phenomenal. Seven Ks through the first four, just absolutely carving guys up. Topping out at like 89 miles per hour because he doesn't need it because his changeup, he could throw in any count. And what a changeup it is. By the way, as an ex-player, and I'll tell you this, I even tweeted this earlier today. I never faced Kyle Hendricks ever in my career. At least I don't think I did. Um, If I did, somebody pull up the stat and please let us know. And in fact, uh, my man Tyler is uh, producing this with me today. Tyler, what is the name of the number of the text line so people can text into the show? That number is 312-644-6767. That's right. Text into the show. Tell us what you think about everything going on. Tell us what you think about your Cubbies right now. I liked them today. I thought they looked phenomenal. But getting back over this, I've never faced Kyle Hendricks. But I will say this. He is. He looks like a nightmare for me. He looks like my nightmare. Like Whenever somebody says, like, oh, face a guy throwing 98 to 102, that doesn't scare me. Usually. Usually it doesn't. You know, The, the only guys I can think of in my career that actually owned me uh, for instance, one that I can honestly off the top of my head say owned me was Kenley Jansen. Kenley Jansen for five career with five foul-tipped strikeouts. I knew each pitch he was throwing. He only threw high cutters, but he threw high cutters at such a high velocity that from my perspective as a hitter, it looked like it was rising. Of course, it's not rising, but it looks like it's staying on a certain plane like it's rising. It was unhittable to me. I couldn't hit that guy to save my life. He's the only guy that threw hard that I had trouble with, that I really, truly had trouble with. Kyle Hendricks, however, is a right-on-right changeup guy. You have any idea how often you see a right-on-right changeup guy? You don't. They don't exist anymore. The game's not really for them anymore. So seeing a guy like Kyle Hendricks on opening day just carving guys up with his changeup, especially right-on-right, and I'm bringing up right-on-right because you don't normally throw change-ups as a right-handed thrower to a right-handed hitter. Looking at Lorenzo Cain even throwing that smirk at Kyle Hendricks after he came on a change-up, man. Lorenzo Cain has been around for a long time. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to hit. Kyle Hendricks was phenomenal today. And so was Corbin Burns. And by the way, Nico Horner, first home run of the Major League season, just like we all expected. Who didn't see that coming? I don't know who tweeted earlier today. I think it was somebody from 670 to the score. It was like, Nico Horner, more like Nico Homer. Am I right? (laughs) Ah, knee slap. Great line drive from him over the left field wall. Did you see the look on that Cubs fan? Tyler, were you watching this game at all? Because I was watching this game with bated breath nonstop. The Cubs fan that caught that home run ball looked like he won that golden ticket, like the fifth golden ticket from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Did you see his face? I saw an article on it, and I just saw it like when I got the notification pull up on my phone, and it just was a freeze frame of just that fan's face. I didn't get a chance to catch the game on television. I was just listening to it on here at 670 The Score. But, I mean... To be that guy, I mean, if I caught the first home run of the season, oh, man, I would love – no one's touching that ball. That's mine. That's right. And keep in mind, it's first home run of the season of your undefeated best team currently in Major League Baseball, Chicago Cubs. 
Again, prove me wrong. Currently, hey, uh, this is a fact, Tyler. Currently, the best baseball team in Chicago. Currently. That is true. That is a fact. That is a fact. You cannot deny it's a fact. The Cubs look great today, though. I really am excited. Listen, I, I know I know I've come out here and said this team's probably most likely going to finish around 500, and that would be a solid season. By the way, Seiya Suzuki also with his first major league hit. You know, already on day one accomplishing something I didn't do. I never got a major league hit. I got a major league RBI, but I only got one start. He got his first game today. Nice R, nice single. Uh, uh, he, he looks great. He looked comfortable at the plate, and that's not something you get a lot uh, from a player making their major league debut, although he's, of course, been a superstar over in Japan, and he's going to be very good here. I really do. I'm really excited for what he's going to do. L- listen, the Cubs are not bad. That, that's that's the thing I really think a lot of people in Chicago are, are just kind of going into the season kind of already thinking, oh, well, it's going to be a downside. Yeah, it, it's most likely not going to be the best season. It's not going to be the greatest season. There's almost virtually no chance we're getting 2016. But it could be a very good season. It could be a season of major progress. And already, the way they play today, they look great. Nico Horner with his sweet line drive home run. Hey, a couple of knocks from... from, uh, why am I forgetting his name? He's been on the team only for 25 years. Jason Hayward, a couple of hits from him. Yes, one was a pop-up in the infield that landed. I don't care. In the books, that's a line drive in the gap. I don't care what anybody says. Two knocks from Hayward today. Listen, this team maybe needs a little bit of help, but they're in a very bad division. In fact, right as we're speaking, I'm watching as we speak, the St. Louis Cardinals taking on the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's 5 nothing, and they are currently playing in what I can only assume is a tornado, the way the weather is moving in St. Louis at the moment. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals having no trouble putting up runs on the Pirates because the Pirates are more or less a little league team. It's bad. I feel. I honestly feel bad. Even if you're a Cubs fan, you can't even be mad at Pirates fans. You got to like just constantly feel bad for them. It's just look at them. Like if you see a Pirate fan like wear a Pirate hat on the street, my first thought is, man, did you lose a bet? What do you got? There's no way you woke up this morning and been like, yeah, Pirates. Not even the Pirates players put on their hats going, yeah, Pirates. Never happens. Maybe in the early 90s, back when Barry Bonds was still a pirate. Maybe when, maybe that short little run with McCutcheon and when they had Garrett Cole and they made a little uh, playoff run a couple years ago. That was actually pretty sweet. They actually, when Pittsburgh did that whole blackout in the outfield, that was pretty sweet. We're never going to see that again, are we? We're never going to see it again. It's amazing. Well, we got so much to talk about today, guys. Of course, next segment, we got Evan Altman coming in to talk about the Cubs. Cubs insider, co-host of The Rant. Um, We're looking forward to talking to him all about these things. And, of course, a story that did get kind of broken yesterday, if you can call it that, saying that the Cubs did make a significant offer to Carlos Correa. I'm looking very forward to talking to Evan about that because I'm not going to lie to you. Hearing that statement being put out there sounds like an ownership group trying to like kind of leak something out that it was not their fault. Cause he mentioned representation. Everybody knows he's being represented by Scott Boris. Everybody knows that Scott Boris and the Cubs don't have the greatest relationship, especially after the Chris Bryant fiasco that happened. But there's something about it that every time I read that headline, it's like, Oh, well they tried, but it was representation issues. Come on, dude. We just got over a CBA negotiation with the exact same tactics. No one fell for it then. No one's falling for it now. 
anyways. If you made such a significant thing and the representation was a problem and you didn't make another offer, I, I don't know. This just seems like an ownership group doing their best to save face. Anyways, how's the Chelsea purchase coming? Huh? Couldn't afford Carlos Correa? Well, you could have, but you want to own Chelsea. Hey, listen, I get it. I get it. Cubs still have a chance to be a decent team. I mean, I like Patrick Wisdom. I like that Schwindel's getting an opportunity. That's really, that's something. Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, I've talked about on 670 The Score many times. They're just guys that are lifers who just kind of deserve a shot. They're good ball players, And I think they'll surprise you when you give them every day at bats like they did last year. I mean, I, even on the broadcast, they were talking about how, you know, Schwindel came in last year and ha- put up monster numbers and now he's getting this opportunity. Yeah, he, he, he's not getting an opportunity. He's earned this opportunity. 100% he's earned this opportunity. So I'm really fired up to see what he can do. Give him a full month. Give him a couple of months. Give him the whole season. You know, th- this, you know, the division is most likely going to one team. It's most likely going to your last, t- t- uh, your last place Brewers. I love saying that. Out loud. Your last place, Brewers. Such a, such a good feeling. Just to say it. I'm going to say it again. Your last place, Brewers. Oh, man. That is better than sex. <laughs> oh, they're going to win 100 games. It sucks. I hate them. <laughs> Tyler, are you, I mean, are you a lifelong Cubs fan? you a Southside fan? Or are you somewhere completely outside of the realm of Chicago being a fan? Oh no, I'm a big time Cubs fan. North side all day. I'm and curious, I I, like, I, hate, I have the same hate for the Brewers as you do. Yeah, well, you know, I really don't like them. <laughs> I really don't like them. Although I will give them credit for one thing. They they do deserve some credit for well, actually I take that back. They deserve credit for a lot of things. They're a well ran organization. Um they have a really good uh president of baseball and and David Stearns. Their GM Matt Arnold's a smart guy. Um obviously their coaching staff is phenomenal. They got a great coaching staff. Their offense, I don't know, a little old, if you ask me. I, I don't, I mean, there's some young guys in there, but there's some names in there that I'm just like, I'm, I'm blown away by these guys not only being on this team, but honestly, kind of not hanging them up soon. Like, it's, it's, I, I love Lorenzo Cain. I played with Lorenzo Cain, but I played with Lorenzo Cain in 2016. I thought Lorenzo Cain was old then. I've been retired for three years. Guys still can play, but. Come on, man. Maybe I should come out of retirement. I came out of retirement last week, if I told you guys, if you saw me, uh, if you heard me on 670 The Score last week, I came out of retirement finally. I joined the uh, Ricky Williams ran uh, softball team. I went 0 for 0 with three walks. They wanted nothing to do with this bat. I get it. You know, you can't see me right now because we're not live on Twitch, but I, I got I got these pipes, baby. They look good. I don't have abs, but I got pipes. And when I mean that, I mean that, like sweet arms and, and, and a nice singing voice, but that's not what I meant. Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, Evan Altman, Cubs insider, co-host of The Rant, joining us live right here on 670 The Score. Station. Line drive, hit to deep left field. Yelich looks up, and this one sails into the bleachers for a two-run home run. Three-to-one Cubs here in the fifth inning. Corner with the first Cubs home run of the season. Six seventy, the score. Cody Decker, former professional, professional smartass on the radio here. Hours, and of course that was Nico Horner's home run. 
hit off Corbin Burns earlier today. Four, five to four win. What a game it was, really. Again, I can't stress enough how much I enjoyed watching Kyle Hendricks pitch today. That right on right changeup, just deadly. A lot of weather taking place out there throughout this, uh, throughout the country. Not just in Chicago, obviously. You saw the weather uh, difficulties over there, but also Mets game has already been delayed, but they have now announced a. 8.30 Eastern time start for the New York Mets, which I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, Tyler McGill starting for the Mets today. That's going to be fascinating. Of course, tomorrow we got Lucas Giolito on the south side, on the road, getting ready to open it up for the Chicago White Sox. But we got to talk a little bit more about your undefeated, currently best team in Chicago, Chicago Cubs. And of course, we're going to go over to the, <laughs> the score hotline presented by Circa Resort Casino, Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. You guys can check him out. He is Evan Altman, Cubs insider, co-host of The Rant. You can follow him on Twitter, at Altman. Altman, talk to me, man. Cubs look good today. What did you think? Yeah, that was, uh, I, I, you know, I guess we could say it was a surprise, right, to take the, the reigning Cy Young winner, and uh, and kind of work him over a little bit and and get the W. But you know, I mean, this, this is kind of those things. I think if you look at it, you look the way the Cubs got had their team constructed, a little bit more contact, a little bit more patience. The weather was a little nasty, right? It, it kind of I think gave them a little bit of an advantage, and they were able to jump out front and take it. So hey, uh, 162 and 0 is still possible, right? It, it it really really isn't, but I love the thought process so so much. <laughs> never I, I actually listen. I'm a little more. I'm a little less skeptical about this team than a lot of other people are. That's not me saying I think this team's a playoff team. I don't think they're a playoff team. I think they're above a 500 team, though. I think they have a legitimate shot at that. I do think this team is better than people think, and I think this team could take steps forward, um, maybe even at the trade deadline if they want to start you know, securing guys for next season. But what do you think of their chances in the NL Central? I mean, it's it seems like it's a far and away conclusion that the Brewers are the best team in the division, but the rest of this division for lack of a better phrase, is terrible. Yeah, well, I mean, when you've got, right, the Pirates are uh, certainly, and an, I mean, I think they made a great move today, right, to, uh, to lock up to Brian Hayes. I think that was really, really smart. But uh, largely, they don't have enough talent to compete. The Reds traded off everything that wasn't nailed down. Um, you know, they've got Joey Votto and, and a bunch of other folks there. And, and really, you know, the Cardinals haven't done much to improve. There's not a lot in that division that scares you as you mentioned, the Brewers, I think, are, are head and shoulders. But the Cubs made some moves there, you know, two really big ones. But they did – oh, my goodness, I'm sorry about that. But they've done some smart things in terms of improving their contact, things that they failed to do well in the past. And if they can go out and continue to win some close games and kind of – you know, dra- I think they kind of drag people down in the mud a little bit, wrestle with them a little bit. They're not going to be a slugfest winner. Right, but if they could do that, get more performances like this from Hendricks, they're they're a winning team. Not you know, not ninety five wins, but they're uh, on the cusp of doing something with a couple more moves that can make them really, really competitive. Yeah, and plus they also added a you know a couple of players, Marcus Stroman, obviously Seiya Suzuki with his first major league hit today. I'm really excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. You know, the, you, you've seen an influx. I wouldn't say influx. That's actually probably overstating, but we have seen a few Japanese superstars coming over to the states over the last 20 years and have made drastic impacts. Um, you know, more that have made huge impacts than haven't. So I'm looking really forward to what he can do over there uh, on the north side. 
Um, what, what do you think you're yeah. going to see out of him this year? I mean, right now he's the odds-on favorite for NL Rookie of the Year. Do you think that's maybe putting it too, putting too much on him too soon, or do you think that is just very much expected? Um, no, I mean, I, I think a lot of it, you look at the performance that he put up in Japan, right? The fact that this guy, you know, he's not coming in as a, as a normal youngster by any stretch, right? You're talking about a guy who's 27. He's been playing professionally for nine years. So uh, he, he's been around, and I think what we saw, you know, early on, he had a little bit of trouble. He's figuring out the major league strike zone. He was figuring out the different velocity, and you saw him make a little bit of a change, uh, kind of lower the leg kick a little bit, right? Catch up with that extra velo, and then all of a sudden he starts hitting a couple homers. He starts making better contact. Uh, this is a guy who's got a strong arm. He's fast. He can play solid defense out and right. Uh, he's got a very, very good chance. I, it, you know, hey, and look, at the end of the day, the performance is one thing, but he does have a nice bit of hype, and that never hurts when you're going into the voting and you're looking at people on a national scale trying to vote for these things. I think that helps him a little bit, but he is going to be a very, very solid com- contributor, and I think that's a guy who you probably see moved up in the order. I'd love to see him batting number two. I just think his skill set fits really, really well in that spot going forward. You know, it's funny you brought up contact a lot with the Cubs. Yeah, they have improved their contact. And so much so, just just the ability to make contact today might have been the thing that pushed them over the edge of winning today's game, considering the fact that that wind in the outfield was problematic. There was a couple of balls that dropped in the infield on the Brewers' side. And the Brewers were, quite frankly, 7Ks for the first four innings from Kyle Hendricks. I mean, I don't expect him to do that every single day. But, man, he looked good today. What What are you expecting out of Kyle Hendricks coming this season, especially with the backing up of uh, Marcus Stroman behind him. Yeah, you know, I I was not really expecting a lot. Uh, just based on, you know, last year was a really rough one for Hendricks. Uh, gave up a, a bunch of homers. I think it was 31 home runs, you know, career high there. He had given up eight home runs in his last three spring starts. But, you know, a lot of those are, you're, you're working on things. You're getting, you know, stuff's not maybe uh, moving as well as you would like in that dry desert air. Now you get to Chicago. It's a little damp. Maybe you get a little bit without it being uh, too wet, right? Maybe that plays a little bit better. Um, but he's a guy who knows exactly what he's doing, right? He, he's faced the Brewers enough. He knows those hitters. And when that change is working, as you mentioned, that right-on-right change, I mean, he can drop that thing in there. It's just deadly. And it just looked like he had kind of shifted gears a little bit from what he was showing in spring. Maybe working on a couple things, and this looked like, okay, this is Kyle Hendricks. I mean, let's not forget this is a guy who – a couple years ago, we saw uh, no-hit the Brewers in a complete game, or not no-hit them, but complete game shutout when he opened the season. So uh, this guy knows his deal. He knows his strengths. And if he can go out there and just do a little bit, I think what's really going to be great is, you know, David Ross slotted in uh, to have Justin Steele, right? So now you can go righty, lefty, righty going into Stroman, and you've got these different looks. And uh, they don't have anybody who's out there dominant, throwing 99, 100 miles an hour. But they can switch it up a little bit, right, left, right, guys from different arm angles, different velocities, different pitch profiles, and I think they're going to try to maximize that, starting with Hendricks at the top, and just try to give teams different looks so that they can't go out there and just really key in on one thing. And, uh, you know, we'll see, because Ross is going to have to get really creative based on the way this uh, staff is set up right now. It came out yesterday, speaking of the Cubs, came out yesterday that there was a, a, a report that the Cubs made a significant push to get Carlos Correa onto the north side in Wrigleyville. However, the f- the phrase that's been used, and I would love your opinion on this, because I'll give you, I'm, I've already given my opinion on it, I'll give it again, those who don't know it, but the phrase that was used was representation problems. 
And what is your takeaway from this, other than them just saying, this is Scott Boris's fault? What is your actual takeaway from this? Yeah, I mean, if I, if I was going to pin it on anybody, I'd pin it on the, the William Morris Endeavor agency that uh, that used to be employed by, by Carlos Correa, because from what it sounds like, that they made the offer prior to his change in agencies to Scott Boris, and that the offer never really made it to Correa in the first place. If there was an offer now, again, you know, I think there are, as I said, I, I think there are some kernels of truth to this that have maybe turned into popcorn um, over the last few weeks or months. And so I, I, but it is very interesting because at the time, everyone had thought, you know, prior to the lockout, Correa was going to get 10 years. He was going to shoot for a record contract for a shortstop. The Cubs at seven years were nowhere near that. And then we hear the deal about, well, if, if he signs a multi-year deal, uh, his old agency gets most of that. So you kind of wonder if there was something that just sort of stuck between those changes that led him in a different direction. But um, I, I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around it. But either way, it seems like an egregious misstep by one of his agents to have not even presented this to him if that was the case. And then he ended up with the you know, the three-year 105 from the, the Twins. But I think either way, he ends up opting out after this year, and he goes right back on the market for another big deal. Yeah, I don't think people are realizing this. It kind of drove me nuts that people were like, oh, why would he sign that deal? What do you mean, why would he sign that deal? He gets to put, hold, put a stranglehold on the free agent market for the next three years just if he feels like it. It's the greatest deal of all time. Oh, it works out really well, and there's it is a, still a strong shortstop market next year, but it's not like what it was this year. There's no Corey Seager next year. There's nobody else who's going to command 10 years and $300 million. And so, yeah, if, if you make $30 million, $35 million, oh, I don't play very well. Oh, you mean I can re-up and make that again? Or if I play really well, I can just go hit the free agent market again and I'm still only 28 years old? It's a great deal for him. So a seven-year deal at the end of the day didn't really make any sense anyway because you either go for the giant money or you go for a really uh, short guarantee that you can roll yourself right back into the free agent market. So I think at the end of the day, it works out best for him. I just think it was a weird situation all the way around, and the report is is a bit hard for me to wrap my head around. But, uh, you know, either way, he's uh, he's the White Sox problem now. they got to play him all the time. The Cubs can worry about him next year. Yes, they can, and he is going to be a problem for the White Sox. Although I do feel the, the White Sox are far away the best team in the American League Central, and I do mean that by far. Although I do think a lot of people are not paying enough attention to the Detroit Tigers. That team really, really interests me this year. Um, you know, sticking with the Cubs, though, um, this deal with the Ricketts about buying Chelsea, if they pull this off, will this hamstring the Cubs in the free agent market going forward? Well, um, if if I uh, just repeat what they've said, then, then of course it won't because uh, it's a closed circuit <laughs> and, um, you know, all revenues. Oh, it's, uh, you know, all the revenues they make with, uh, with the Cubs go right back into the team. Uh, we'll see. Um, I, I have a hard time with it. The, the optics, more than anything, are, are very difficult. And I think you can imagine, you know, as, as a Cubs fan, you're looking at the saying, Wait a minute. You know, you've got $4 billion to spend. Now, granted, there are multiple other partners that are involved in this thing. And, and the Ricketts family said that they are not the controlling partners or would not be in a Chelsea sale. But um, it's it's really tough to look at this and see what's happened the last few years and say, you're going to buy this other franchise for even more money than the Cubs are worth right now, possibly. And that's not going to affect us. 
I don't know. But, um, you know, hey, if they sell a few more of those uh, beers at $13.75, maybe that'll pay for a few more free agents. We'll see. Let's just be real clear. The Chicago Cubs IP is one of the biggest money-making IPs, not just in baseball, but all of sports. So this is a team that could load itself in any way it truly seems deems fit in the future. So I'm very interested to see what happens with this Chelsea sale. And I really, like you said, I hope we can take them at their word. But listen, we just went through a very, very yay negotiations. It seems very difficult to take anyone in any ownership group to their word right now. Would you disagree? Oh, no, I don't disagree at all. I mean, when you have, uh, you know, when they hired investment bankers to tell us that, uh, you know, owning a sports team is, is far less profitable than investing in the stock market, um, you know, that's great. Good, good luck finding a stock into which you can put $3 billion and have it appreciate 13% every single year without fail, even uh, with the pandemic and everything else. It's, it's a solid investment, I think, and, and they will, uh, there's a reason, again, if you look at the Chelsea bidders, there's a reason a great majority of them are American professional sports team owners. There is money in it. They're all doing fine. Well, there was also one of the first major sports to adopt sports gambling, of which Major League Baseball is very much well on their way of doing. I, I mean, I'm living proof. I have like four Major League Baseball gambling shows. I was on Better's Eye yesterday talking about gambling lines for Major League Baseball. So, you know, I think there's... I think what baseball's making right now is going to look like like peanuts compared to what it's going to look like in three years, especially when baseball fully adopts the uh, all the gambling lines and what they can actually do with it. But it's uh, it's going to be the Wild West a little bit for the next couple of years, and I'm kind of excited to see it because it's going to be a little something different. What's something you're excited for? Let's open it all up even away from the Cubs. What's something you're fired up for? It's opening day. What is it? What is something you want to see happen this season? Who are you rooting for a little bit? Who do you think is maybe a bit of a pretender that doesn't actually belong to be in the conversation? You know, I'm, I'm with you on, you know, you mentioned the Tigers. Uh, I, I really like the moves. I mean, the trade for Meadows, obviously they picked up Javier Baez, uh, the first move. Um, you know, I am, I'm a Brownsburg, Indiana uh, resident right now. So Tucker Barnhart, I love seeing that with him up there. They've got a legitimate catcher now to really handle that staff. I, I think they're going to be a great story. Um, my son is a, a big Shohei Otani fan, so I want to see, can they keep him and Trout on the field the whole season? Can those guys really come together? Uh, I, I'm rooting for the Angels just because I, I want to see them do some big things. I mean, and, and honestly, like... So do I. I'm kind of I'm like Team Chaos. You know, I want to see, let's see some wild stuff happen. We've got this 12-team expanded playoffs. I know a lot of purists don't like it. I want to see that team get in there with that, that last spot and just go nuts, you know, kind of like what we saw with Atlanta coming in from a place where we never thought that any, nobody thought they were going to be the World Series champ, and they came after it. That's, I like that. I don't want to see the team that's favored. So uh, we'll see. But I, like I said, I, I'm all in for chaos. I want to see the Cubs maybe uh, maybe play well enough to have to go by and maybe maybe change some things up. So uh, I, there, there's a lot of things out there. As long as it's not the Dodgers, I'm good. Well, I have some horrible news. I'm um, 99.99999% sure the Dodgers are going to win 105 games like they always do. Unfortunately, on paper, they are the scariest team I've ever looked at ever, and I do think they can even make some improvements on the starting staff. But, you know, I agree with you. The Tigers, man, no one's talking about them. That trade for Meadows, though, this is my favorite thing. I think it's going to be great for the Tigers. But anytime anyone trades with the Tampa Bay Rays, look at that trade yeah. 45 more times because the Rays won. I don't know how they won, but they won. 
I know that because they're the Rays to the point where whoever they got from the Tigers must be Mickey Mantle. That's that's what you always got to feel. But uh, yeah, even if it's not, yeah, it's not this year, wait for two or three years down the road. And then all of a sudden you'll realize it, but you know, certainly look at what happened with, uh, I keep looking back at the, the trade they made with the, the pirates a few years ago. And then you look back on that and then they'll able they'll be able to flip those guys for even more. So, um, it, it's going to be a really, really fun season. I just think, you know, at, coming off of the lockout and everything else with this compressed season, a lot of moves happening, I'm really just trying to figure out who's on what team. And so that's my excitement for the first week. It's like, oh, yeah, I, I forgot that guy was there. And, uh, and just kind of getting to know these teams again and, and getting used to the season, getting that flow. So it's going to be a lot of fun. There we Last go. question, and make sure you're not getting ho- hit by that boat. Um <laughs> uh, last thing for you, I just want your thoughts. Marcus Stroman, he's coming coming out, going to make his first start soon. Uh, I personally think Marcus is going to be great for not only that team, but also the city of Chicago. What do you think kind of energy he's going to bring? Do you think that this will remain a great situation over the years, or are you worried about this situation with him? I think it's going to be great, you know, for uh... – for the time that he's there uh, now, how long will that be? That's the issue. We don't really know, but, but he has brought, you know, from the moment he signed and, uh, and that happened you know, right before the lockout. And so, you know, the Cubs were able to kind of carry that momentum through a little bit and then pick it back up. Once he came in, he has looked great this spring. He's just got so much of a vibe and he just brings this different feel. You just have this energy, but the issue is kind of, what what are the Cubs doing, and are they in a position at some point throughout the season? You know, does does he stick through the next two or three years? Do they end up moving on from him because they can find different values? So um, I, I think he's going to be great, though. I think between him and Suzuki, they've added a couple guys who are immediate fan favorites. Who I think just uh, again the vibe that they bring is such a different one from what the Cubs have seen in a while, and and I'm looking forward to actually seeing him get out there at Wrigley and pitch and see the energy from that crowd for him, especially if the Cubs can be up on the, uh, on the Brewers, you know, after tomorrow, two games of nothing, and he can go in there and, and maybe win him a series right out of the gate. Evan, cannot thank you for joining me. You can follow him on Twitter, at Altman. Make sure you check out his show, The Rant. Evan, seriously, Cubs insider, thank you for joining me on the Circa Hotline brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino. Love talking Cubs with you, dude. Enjoy opening the rest of opening day. Enjoy the rest of this season, man. Can't wait to have you on again. I will. Sounds good. Have a great rest of the show. I will, brother. And uh, guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we got to talk a little bit of White Sox. We got to talk about the first ever umpire speaking on a PA system. And are you guys as excited as I am for Angel Hernandez for the rest of the season to announce to the stadium why his calls always suck? Right here on 670 The Score. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely hurts. We kind of t- talked about this yesterday. Like, uh, it, you know, it's, it's definitely a blow for the team, but. Um, we're very well prepared in that area you know we experienced a lot of that last year uh we know that we have a ton of depth we know that um you know despite losing key players here and there uh we're still very very talented and we're very focused on uh, our goals so um in lance's case you know he'll miss some time but you know he'll be back for a significant portion of the season it's going to be hugely important to our success so for him, it's all about just 
getting right, getting healthy. Um, in the meantime, we'll pick up the slack when need be. Six seventy, the score. That was Lucas Giolito talking about the Lance Lynn injury and what it's going to do to the team on the south side with the Sox this season. Hey. I'm a big fan of this team. I'm a big fan of what this team's bringing to the table. I'm obviously a fan of Lucas Giolito, considering the fact that I've known him for about 25 years. But I will say, he he is arguably the most well-spoken person in Major League Baseball. He's a great, great uh, ambassador of the game. Hell, he's a great ambassador of the city of Chicago and the White Sox themselves. What do you think of this Lance Lynn injury? Well... He said it right there. He's going to miss a little bit of time, but he's going to be back for the significant part of the season. That's what's most important. Because keep in mind, and I've said it multiple times, the, the AL Central, not a, not a bad division. It, it's, not, it's certainly not the NL Central, but the AL Central, not as powerful as, say, the AL East, the, the AL West. You know, the Twins obviously made some very significant moves. They made a trade today, in fact, with the San Diego Padres bringing in uh, Chris Paddock, who at one point was one of the higher prospects in Major League Baseball, came into the broke into the major leagues, had a good first season, but since then really has not been very good. Uh, hasn't been able to find the strike zone, so hopefully a change of scenery. And I've never really liked that phrase, by the way, change of scenery. How come people get changes of scenery? I just kept getting fired. You call me the office, yeah, you're done. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'll get picked up by somebody else. And I did. But it was always back in 3A because I lived that Crash Davis life, baby. But I'm just thinking, sitting here thinking about it, like, change of scenery. I, I don't know if that pickup for the Twins is going to be very, very significant. He's going to be in the back end of the starting rotation. They gave up a closer for him, which was a very unique move. And the Twins have actually come out and saying that they're going to go ahead and use a revolving door. Right now, the White Sox are the best team in this division. And it's not even close. That being said, I just had on a guest, of course, I just had, um, so sorry, why am I forgetting, why am I blanking on his name? Because I'm, I'm sorry, Evan Altman. Just had Evan Altman on the show just now, chatting it up, and we just brought up Detroit, and how Detroit is actually a pretty good team. Got A.J. Hinch at the helm. There's a reason A.J. Hinch is there. They've been building this team slowly over the last couple of years with A.J. Now, they made some moves, Javi Baez, they went and traded for Meadows in Tampa Bay, Scooble's going to be back. Casey Mize is a pretty good pitcher. I might watch out for that team. They're going to swipe some wins. In fact, we're going to talk a little bit about it later. We don't have an episode of Down the Line today, but I'm going to give you a little Down the Line segment later on. We're going to go over some gambling odds going into the futures market when it comes to MVP, Cy Young, division winners. I'm going to give you some great picks to go right out the gate for this year. I'm really excited. It's opening day, man. So, Southsiders, you guys worried? Because you shouldn't be. You got Lucas Giolito starting tomorrow, opening day. I got high hopes for Lucas Giolito this season. He's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. In fact, right now, if you take a look at the Vegas odds, he's 10-1 to 1 to be your Cy Young Award winner. Garrett Cole with the highest odds, although I do not expect Garrett Cole to win the Cy Young. I expect him to be in the top two. Uh, we will talk about that a little bit later. But let's talk a little bit more about baseball on the broader sense, like specifically over there with Chicago White Sox, because this team is good. This team's very, very good. I was on the show last week really talking up the trade for A.J. Pollock. Uh, it's so funny because a lot of Dodger fans, believe it or not, despite getting Craig Kimbrell, which is a good and significant pickup for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Dodger fans are not as happy about that trade as you guys are. 
nor should they be, um, because there is a legitimate argument that giving up A.J. Pollock might have been too high of a price for the Dodgers, and here's why. Cody Bellinger hasn't been able to figure it out. High fastballs beat Cody Bellinger. His zone is expanded. He chases everything in the dirt. He's been hitting below the Mendoza line. Can he figure it out? Of course he can. The guy's a former MVP. is off the charts talented, just like Christian Yelich can figure it out, and I hope both do. Because they're both young, incredible ball players. As a baseball fan, hell, as someone who's rooting for the Cubs, even I kind of want Christian Yelich to play well because I get to see a great ball player. I don't like being robbed of great baseball. That's what a real baseball purist is, by the way. You know, we just had, again, it was brought up. Baseball purists might not like this. You know what? I have the luxury of not caring what baseball purist means because baseball purists don't care about baseball. Baseball needs to grow. It needs to change. It needs to constantly adapt. It needs to try new things. Hell, it needs to fail at trying new things. Case in point will be this Home Run Derby X thing. Is it good? I have no idea. I've read the rules 47 times, and I still can't make heads or tails about it. The initial video they released about it didn't tell you anything, except it showed, for some reason, a lot of JDM cars. It was like it was like they watched Too Fast, Too Furious one time and just threw that on the screen and said, here, they'll get it. This will be a home run derby somehow. It's just like flaming trash cans and like a Nissan GTR running into a wall, which somehow tells you that a home run derby's coming. Those of you who don't know about Home Run Derby X, Home Run Derby X is, of course, going to be a traveling Home Run Derby competition. My friend Nick Swisher is going to be in it. My friend Johnny Gomes is going to be in it. Looking forward to seeing that. But there's other things that are weird. Uh, here's something that's good. They're doing these Home Run Derbies in other countries. They're going to one in Seoul. They're doing one in Mexico City. Those don't excite me as much because Seoul and Mexico City already are big-time baseball places. The KBO is all over Seoul. Um, you know, Mexico, obviously one of the best leagues in the world. However, London really, really intrigues me. I think Major League Baseball has been watching a lot of NFL and seeing what they're getting out of that London market. I think the NFL eventually, its whole goal is to create a whole new division. That's what NFL Europe, I think, was even trying to beta test back in the 90s. I think the whole goal for the NFL is to eventually have a full division in Europe. I don't think that's not what baseball is looking at. Baseball is looking to expand. They want baseball. Major League Baseball wants to be a global sport. What gets a lot of views? What gets a lot of people chatting about it on Twitter? Home run derby. So that's why they're trying this. Uh, they're putting them on raised platforms. Is that cool? I don't know. It just makes me think of the old school 1980s American gladiators where guys are doing the joust off each other. Weird thing to have. But I kind of like it. I kind of like the idea of trying something different. For instance, another thing that's new, it just happened the very first time in Major League Baseball. I'm pretty fired up. Umpires, not unlike the NFL, referees have to announce to the stadium over the PA system the result of the video reviews. Why have we not been doing this all along? How have we not been doing this all along? It's been right there. You know how much I want to see C.B. Buckner have to go on the PA and explain to everyone why his call was overturned? And I like C.B. Buckner personally. He just It's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> like a lot of that. How many Angel Hernandez calls are going to be overturned? And he has to sit there with pure shame in his eyes saying, yep, got that one wrong. 
He has no choice. I feel like you. Should, I, I feel like if your if you, your calls are returned, you should be like docked pay. That, like, are they getting punished for this? Because we have the same umpires every single year. Angel Hernandez is not going anywhere. He's going to be a mainstay of Major League Baseball forever. I don't know why. Somehow he will be. There are no punishments. Nothing matters. But I do love the fact that they're going to have to go on the PA system and do that. I think it's cool. I like it. You know, the other thing baseball purists don't like is like the extra inning rule. I love the extra inning rule. I also love the two two sevens for doubleheaders. I like these. I think they're better for the game. I think the way pitchers throw nowadays, I think it's good to limit how many extra innings should be out there. I love a position player pitching. Trust me, I was the position player that had to go pitch. I would top out at 52 miles per hour. It was awesome. I was an athlete. And I would get three outs easily. And I'd just come in and I'm like, God, you guys gave up 10 runs? Stuff's easy. What's wrong with you? Guys, we're going to take a quick little break. When we come back, we're going to talk bulls. We're going to talk bears. We are going to take you down the line and so much more right here on 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 